Speaking of Tua, um, he is playing quarterback again. He's playing quarterback for the eight and three Miami Dolphins. Um, I actually don't know the historical context, but we must be going back to Marino times. Um, must be going back to Marino times for the Dolphins to be eight and three. Uh, in a season. I know the Jets had a couple of outlier uh, seasons. They had five. They were eight and three. But Dolphins, I think it's probably going back to, Jesus, it must be early 90s um, when they've had this record. Tannehill had a, you know, they got to the playoffs before, but they've never been on this hot streak. They are going across country. They are going to the San Francisco 49ers, who themselves are seven and four. And as we just alluded to and talking about the Seattle game, heading up that particular division. Um, Frank Carson, wasn't it used to say? It's a cracker. This is a cracker um, column. You know, Christmas cracker, any way you like it. This is going to be explosive and has material playoff implications on both sides of the conferences. Yeah, I I really think this um, is one of, if not the most intriguing game of the season because Mike McDaniel, who was... Kyle Shanahan's sidekick for so long. Kyle took him everywhere, and I think now people are seeing why uh, he he did that. I mean, all of the, the clips this week, the relationship that he has with Tua, the way in which he talked about rebuilding Tua's confidence after uh, last year was, was quite uh, telling, and lots of kind of very funny and viral clips, and they appear to really kind of get on. And when you're head coach and your QB are in sync like that, good things tend to happen, and that's what we are seeing. Um, even in terms of, I don't know if people have seen the clock video, um, but again, it's just an insight into the way in which Mike McDaniel's uh, works or Mike McDaniel works. And it's really, um, you know, there's a lot of talk uh, sometimes in the, in the league that you can't be different, um, that you have to conform. Um, you don't. You can't. Mike McDaniel is not a usual head coach, but he is a winner and people respect him and respond to him. And when you see the litany of former players from all of the teams that have come on TV, on podcasts this year and talked about what they learned from him, what he took from them, how he leaned in and wanted to know what worked from them. And then he incorporated that into game plans. He makes players better. That is what he endeavors to do. And he has the Dolphins playing the most explosive offensive football that we are seeing in the league this year. When scoring is down across the league, the Dolphins are the great entertainers. Um, there, you know, there are others uh, who are uh, entertaining, but um, the Dolphins are it. Now, him going up against Demeco Ryan's will be fascinating. I mean, these are two guys who know one another. These are two guys who battled it out on the training ground, and now they get to to do it for real. I I am really intrigued to see how it goes, and it will be a big test uh, for both of these teams. Um, be a big test for the the 49ers, who, I mean, this is the, the most explosive offense, and can they slow it down? And, you know, I think at this point, fortunately, um, other than people who, you know, just are refusing to change their minds. I don't think the the question, I don't think there are questions about Tua anymore. There, you know, people um, had the questions coming in uh, to the season perhaps, but I don't think anyone really has them now. 
uh, yeah, I, I just can't wait to, to watch this. I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to this because this is what you want NFL football to be. This is like kind of a demolition derby meets chess. And I am probably going to go um, and, and Brian may, may be able to, to say the odds. I imagine they're the underdogs. I'm going to say that Miami's um, offense and Mike McDaniel Go, goes into San Francisco, flies all the way west, and comes home with the win. Well, Colin, you're right. They, are, they aren't the favourites. They're the underdogs. Um, in the betting world, they're getting four points. They're four points underdogs. The expectation is then the 49ers will win a close one. And I was surprised with that. This game, for me, had a, a pick'em type of scenario. I, I was reflecting on our show last June, Colin, if you recall, when we went out to Bally Bowden and we were talking about all the teams and which teams had a quarterback um, decision to make come the end of the season. And we, we kind of touched on, we both picked the Dolphins to make the playoffs. And in that show, we said, it's this type of scenario where they'll get to the playoffs, they'll get beaten in a wild card. And the narrative will be, if only we had a better quarterback than Tui. That's gone now. I mean, now we're talking about potentially the Dolphins making the Super Bowl. This is a storyline of the week. This could be a Super Bowl rematch come February in Arizona. I think the, the, I think the Niners have a lot more to do to be in a position, <clears throat> excuse me, to go to the Super Bowl. Their defense is playing lights out. Let's be fair, they shut down last week a Saints team. But they only got one sack, but they still shut them down. And they, they, they were in the red zone twice, the Saints, and they still found ways to stop them. The previous week in Mexico against the Cards, Cards didn't score in the second half. The previous week against the Chargers at home on the Sunday night football, the Chargers didn't score in the second half. Their defense is playing lights out stuff, as comes it out in terms of the defensive coordinators. Having a great season, being spoke about now, recommendation around him potentially being head coach next season. And I was looking at this Dolphins team, and, and you're right, like the, the last four games, okay, albeit it was the Texans last week, and they eased off, let's be fair, they eased off very early in the game. They could have easily put up another 70 and 20 points, 30 points, 39, 35, 31 in the last four games. I'm struggling to see how, as, as good as this defense is playing for the 49ers, I find it hard to see how they can stop this Dolphins offense and how they're playing. Waddle and Hillbo had eight, 85 yards last week, and yet they didn't score a touchdown. Wilson, they were more geared to the run game last week. Like They've got all the attributes now. Wilson had 39 yards, one touchdown before he went off injured. The way he was going at that stage of the game, it was early. He probably ran, he would have ran up to 100. They're consistently doing it on offense. For me, I haven't seen enough of the 49ers offense. They played really well in Mexico last week. They stuttered, one touchdown. They're up and down. They're going to have to come out and go blow for blow with a team that I think will put up again close to 30 points. I'm with Colin. I think they shouldn't be they shouldn't be the underdogs. They should be the favourites for me. They'll win this game. Well, we, we called it out with the AJ Brown going back to uh um, sorry going back up against the Titans after the trade. Um there is definitely a revenge klaxon over this game. Um with uh, Mike McDaniel is not the same thing. He wasn't shipped out necessarily but he will go there and want to put one over his old friend uh, to be sure. Um, they first got together, I think it was 2006 in Houston of all places. And McDaniel was always Shanahan's uh, assistant ever since he got his first position coach. They worked together 14 out of 16 seasons uh, through various stops in five different teams. And now McDaniel improving his own play as a, uh, as a head coach is, uh, is certainly making waves, um, both in the performance and also the way, as Colin alluded to, in the way in which he's doing it. 
Brian, you just alluded there to the Dolphins' offensive explosion last four weeks. It's actually a franchise record. It equals a franchise record. And only the second time in their history they've had 30 points or more in four consecutive games. And coming from a franchise with the storied history that Miami has, with a quarterback for many years like Dan Marino, still the purest and best release I think that anyone has ever seen in the NFL. Um didn't just start a couple of years ago. You know, some of these guys that were around in the 80s and 90s did some some good things in the American football as well. Um, but it is really strength against strength. The 49ers have not conceded a point in the second half since week seven. Um, so that's just an unbelievable statistic in itself. So it's strength against strength. But here's the weakness. The Dolphins' defense, I have called out from time to time. Xavier Howard isn't actually having this great a season as he is known for. Their defense has been uh, weaker. Uh, it's certainly to say they're certainly the weaker side, even though they've obviously traded uh, recently for Chubb to try to shore up and create a bit more of a pass rush. However, they go up against a very anemic offense. I mean, whatever about the great defensive performance, only score 13 points. The 49ers have a lot to answer for, especially with the talent, and we call them out all the time, of Samuel, of McCaffrey, of Kittle, of Ayuk, of Juszczyk even. And I know I'm still forgetting one of them um, uh, in relation to it, but there's a five-headed monster going on up there, um, and they are not yet getting the beautiful connection or performances of all of it. So that weakness is the sin in relation to it. I equally think Mike um, McDaniel knows the uh, the coaching staff over there inside out. He knows the 49ers team inside out. So I will go with the Dolphins as well to run the gamut in Levi Stadium and beat the 49ers this weekend. Brian, there's a comment in around this as well? Yeah, obviously we've referred to the fact that there's been, you know, stuff in the media this week that this could be a Super Bowl rematch. Keith is referring back to the Super Bowl in the 80s where uh, the Dolphins were well taken care of by by Joe Montana and the, and the 49ers. And I recall after that Super Bowl, Montana and Dan Marino did an advert for Coca-Cola together after that game in which um, Dan Marino said, this time is your time, the next time will be my time. Well, there hasn't been any time for the Dolphins since, so maybe this is the year in which they return to the Super Bowl. Keith says he's shown his age now. He was 13 and he was in tears that night. Jesus, Keith. Keith, you really are showing your age now. Let's be fair about this. I mean, that was Dan Marino's second season. That was the the um, the record-setting season when he was the first quarterback ever to go over the 5,000-yard uh, barrier, I believe. And uh, we're talking nearly 40 years ago, um, Keith. So um, we'll leave it nearly 40 years ago. We'll leave it for people at home to do the maths on that one uh, as well. Um, yeah. Christ almighty. Um, yeah, that, that's uh, do you know what? That was the weird thing, though, of course, because everyone believed Marino comes bursting onto the scene, completely revolutionizes. And again, let's not forget, and it's always worth calling now, without the controls against defensive holding, without the rules about you can't hit the wide receivers or the receivers five yards down the line, if you went across the middle on a slant pattern, be prepared to be decapitated in relation to it and he put up those passing numbers people thought he was going to revolutionize the game and he would be in it many more times but you're quite right brian and keith remembers quite well um the dolphins have never dared enter that vicinity again 
Patrick Mahomes was on the Kelsey Brothers podcast earlier on uh, today, either today or yesterday. I just saw the clips today and he was going through his Mount Rushmore of QBs and he had Mourinho, uh, Mourinho, uh, he had Dan Marino uh, just losing out to John Elway. But he said that that 84 season by Dan was the uh, greatest QB season of all time. Uh, 40, 48 touchdowns in that era is simply, simply ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, one of our uh, off-season shows already we're planning will be a, a Mount Rushmore of those key skill positions. Again, a few uh, uh, names and voices from around the NFL to give their votes and their comments on uh, who they would put as the Mount Rushmore quarterbacks, wide receivers, and running backs. So it's a long way away, but when it gets cold and dark and there's no NFL and you're feeling sad and lonely, um, just like the Rembrandts used to sing at the start of Friends, uh, we'll be there for you. Um, right, moving swiftly on before I quote any more bad pop songs. Chiefs are nine and two. They are going again in a matchup between two teams with winning records to the Bengals uh, at seven and four. At this, you know, interesting inflection time. Obviously, last week the Ravens lost, the Bengals won, they closed the gap there in the AFC North. Um, it's it's a it's a delicate balance there, whereas the Chiefs still look like they're marching on towards the first seed in the AFC. Uh, Colin, this you know, arguably, if the Bengals win and everything starts swinging the other direction, that puts the Chiefs back into to to play in terms of uh, seeding within the AFC as well. So it's a big game for the Chiefs, just as much as it is a big game for Mr. Burrow and the uh, Bengals. Yeah, this is another game that kind of um, um, promises to to be fantastic. To the, you've given um, the intro to it there, um, but both teams getting hot at the the right time. Uh, um, just uh, the the Bengals kind of following uh, last year's pattern uh, a little bit. Game happening a a lot earlier, and um, you know this is the the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes in November and December are phenomenal. And they sit on the precipice of an eighth uh, straight playoff berth, uh, which would, um, you know, be a, a league leader for Andy Reid. Uh, since Andy Reid went to the Chiefs, he has won 112 games, uh, which leads the league in that time. Um, he simply cannot do any wrong. Um, he, he is he is ridiculous. Mahomes is ridiculous. Um, but Burrow has uh, had, you know, their number uh, 2-0 against them, including in even in the postseason. Um, and I, I think you've seen players from both sides chirping at one another on social media this week. I think this promises to, to be a really, really good game. Um, if it was, uh, you know, week uh, 17 or, or week 18, um, I and, and it wasn't December, I might well um, pick the Bengals. I do think it'll be high scoring. It looks like uh, Jamar Chase will be back. They might get Mixon back. They showed uh, what they're all about against the Titans last week. They will not be bullied. Um, but Mahomes um, is the MVP frontrunner for a reason. Uh, he is simply sensational. And... I will never uh, tire of saying he makes the magical seem mundane. He's that good. I'm going to go with the the Chiefs, um, but it is one. Would you be surprised if the Bengals won it? No, 
I just think and Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, and Patrick Mahomes will just about have enough um, to get the win on the road. Yeah, Mark, you're talking about Dan Marino coming into the league and being in the Super Bowl and after two years and never coming back again. Well, Joe Burrow has been to the Super Bowl after two years. Similar, similar scenario. Will we see the Bengals back in the Super Bowl? But right now, they're going on a, a, a nice little, you know, no one's really talking about the Bengals. You know, kind of, they start the season sluggish, you know, we spoke about the Super Bowl hangover. Offensive line was a, was a problem last week. It was probably their best game. They only had one sack in, in a game in, in Tennessee where people felt that they would get beaten up again by a team which sacked them 13 times during the playoffs. They, these played each other in week 17 last year. I know they played each other in the championship game. They played each other in week 17. A lot of similarities to that game. The Bengals were getting hot at the right time. The Chiefs were trying to wrap up the number one seed. They lost the game. They lost out to the number one seed. Got it back in a way because obviously the Titans got beaten against the Bengals as it happened in the playoffs. And we're in a similar situation as Collins alluded to. The Chiefs need to win, wrap up the division, which essentially is already done, but keep going because the Spills team are right behind them. And again, like we've got a 7-4 team that have tied it up in the division with the Ravens. To, again, the Bengals have to keep winning. This arguably again is another one that could be picked as the, the game of the weekend. I'm with Colum. I think this time around, I think the Chiefs will find a way to win. Chase is back. Mixon potentially is back. Um, I think it could be a high-scoring game. But right now, you can't go against the Chiefs the way they're playing. And the way Mahomes is playing, he has to be right up there for the MVP. I think the Chiefs correct the wrongs of last season when they lost two games to them and beat them this time around. I'm glad you called that out, Brian. I was about to make the same point. Twice in a month, they lost, obviously, at the end of last season there. Once to, for the Bengals to secure the AFC North title and then, obviously, the key playoff game. Shooter McPherson, both times. Just a field goal in the difference. But sure, all you need is a point. You don't need to be even three ahead. Just one at the end is all that matters. And look, yeah, I mean, we we talk about Magic Mahomes. Um, Jalen Hurts has an arguable case, obviously, for MVP and has been doing some superb things this season. But Patrick Mahomes stand number three, three and a half thousand yards, over 29 passing TDs uh, already. And certainly in recent weeks has absolutely been hotting up has been making the connections with the with the receivers, has seemingly overcome that, you know, perception towards the end of last season. Even the first few weeks of this season was like, well, if you do a discipline cover two, Mahomes won't be able to take you apart. More interestingly as well, their three-headed monster at running back has started to prove dividends and give them a degree uh, with Pichero and others, a degree of consistency in the running game, which, you know, just adds fuel onto the fire. Um, Look, whilst they've got Mahomes and Travis Kelsey in sync doing their magic, uh, even the Bengals and their um, miraculous performances, especially last season, and their improvement on the offensive line. One thing we should touch on is that has slowly improved as they've had time to gel, and those off-season investments for the Bengals has been very useful. But they want to watch out for Chris Jones this week. He got, um, I think he got a bonus last week, actually. He got 10 sacks, so he triggered a bonus in his contract for $1.25 million. He will be very happy to cash in some more money in the next final six weeks of the season, if he can, um, and he can wreck havoc along that uh, line. Overall, can only agree with you, gentlemen. Um, you know, Bengals are a good side. Bengals are getting hair players back healthy, and they could still go on a run, but at the end of the day, it's the Kansas City Chiefs. And until further notice, their 9-2 and two will continue to grow to 10-2, and 11-2, etc., etc. So, full house on the Chiefs. 